Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Drop your shoulders, take a breath. Tune in to how you feel, because it's time to stretch. Hello and welcome back to a new season of Stretchmarks podcast. My name is Sinead O'Moore and I created Stretchmarks to give us all an opportunity to acknowledge the parts of life that are stretching us in all directions. Not just the physical, but the mental, emotional, hormonal, professional, financial, identity, partnership, energetic stretches we all go through. Because there is no right or wrong, there is no picture perfect, there are just a series of stretches one after the other that leave their mark. This episode is sponsored by Carrywell, maternity wear that makes breastfeeding and pregnancy as comfortable as possible. Carrywell is the support we need with their maternity and nursing underwear, made specifically for our growing needs before, during and after pregnancy. Embrace the stretch of motherhood confidently with Carrywell and this podcast. Joining me today is a woman, a listener I've gotten to know the last few years since connecting on Instagram. Maria Ford's journey through motherhood has been a sequence of stretches that have tested her and offered her some of the greatest loves of her life. I mean, we're talking about severe hyperemesis, the type that left her hospitalized for most of her third pregnancy, a very rare condition leading to emergency airway surgery and emergency section a newborn in NICU with a collapsed lung, meningitis, her uterus at risk of rupture, miscarriage. And this is all in the last five years, while also showing up, living life, working, mothering, coping with whatever life throws next, all the while deeply grateful with a resounding, I would do it again for the children I'm so fortunate to have. Women are incredible. This story of immense stretch is proof alone of that. Maria, thank you so much for joining me on Stretchmarks podcast. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> You're so welcome. I'm not entirely sure how we connected or when we connected. Probably around during the pandemic. Yeah, probably. I know you had a podcast on high premises, and I reached out to you. Yeah. And I reach out to you and I was like, thank you so much for featuring it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, couldn't remember. Yeah. I could, all I know is it's yeah. like we were kind of both in that pandemic baby bubble. Yeah. Oh, we were in the thick of it. Yeah. Do we call it a bubble? Do we call it a storm? I'm not sure. Storm. 
Um, (laughs) And I have kind of followed along ever since and become more and more and more aware, I suppose, of the specific stretches that you have been going through. Um, I asked you in preparation for this conversation to kind of collect them for me, mainly because I was like, I don't think I actually, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing one or two because I have just felt from an outsider's perspective looking in that you have this wonderful smile and full of life and happiness and your kids. And anytime I would get a DM from you, it would actually be the opposite. Yeah. 2 a.m. in Temple Street, you know, or I've been I've been in hospital for months and you're I'm kind of like, what? what? I know, I know, I know. I tend to kind of put the highlights up on my Instagram. But like my friends and family obviously know the backstory. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. the backstory, I suppose, is a large tale of hyperemesis, but also yeah. of NICU yeah. and, you know, a lot of, a lot of, I suppose, the things that we hope will never happen sometimes happening. Yeah, totally. Take us back to, I suppose, day one with Holly. And I, and as you said, you know, more of a, a straightforward one, but definitely your first experience of hyperemesis. Totally straightforward. At the time, I didn't realize that, you know, your first baby and you're like a new mom. And, um, but Holly was like, everything went straightforward. I had hyperemesis, but Holly but not as severe as I did with Daniel and James. I guess it was my first experience of it, but I didn't realize what a privilege it was to like bring a baby home Mm. who was well, you know, like I was in the throes of early Mm. motherhood. Holly, everything was amazing, straightforward. And... yeah. You, got, you got pregnant quite quickly then, <laughs> Daniel. Yeah. Um, so uh, I gave birth to Daniel in May 2020 and Holly was 18 months. I didn't expect it to be so hard the second time around. I kind of thought it would be like the first pregnancy, but it wasn't at all. It really ramped up. I was in hospital a lot. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> and and admitted and treated for, mm-hmm. how long were you in hospital for? Oh, a long time. And I attended day ward like two, three times a week for high premises. Mm. Um, and I have to say, I, I was uh, in... Hollis Street so they were amazing they were so good um but yeah like it it got to the stage where I couldn't go nearly 24 hours without having to get an IV drip so I was so dehydrated which is very life debilitating oh totally yeah yeah and it's hard like hard on my family like my husband and everything like that with another kid at home like yeah 
And I suppose for most women in this position, you just you're counting down the days to that birth and to oh. have baby arrive just to get that relief. And for everything to be okay. Like I worried, like any mother worries during their pregnancy, but like when you have high premises that is so severe that like you can't even keep down water, you know, like you can't eat, you can't, you can't keep down your prenatal vitamins, you know, like it is such an anxiety um, because you worry so much about the baby that you're growing, you know, and um, yeah, I worried so much about Daniel. Things didn't go so smoothly when Daniel was born. No, <laughs> no, no, it was like my fears came true. And um, yeah, so Daniel was born with a, a birth defect called Laringa Malaysia which is quite a common birth defect, um, but only 2% of people who are born with it uh, are severe. And Daniel, of course, fell into the 2%. Mm -hmm. So he required airway surgery when he was two weeks old. Um, Which I should say was in May 2020. Yeah. So I was totally on my own. Like the day that he went in for surgery, um, my husband wasn't let in and he was just standing outside the reception of Crumlin and it was awful. Like handing over your newborn to a surgeon on your own yeah it was really difficult <laughs> after having such an isolating time in pregnancy as it was yeah 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 uh, you know you're ready for that reunification you're ready for that moment where you bring him home I certainly remember in my lockdown pregnancy the only relief yeah, came bringing her home felt like okay we're coming back into safety yeah yeah and you were beginning this process. How did that surgery go? The surgery went well. Um, but Daniel had like a lot of extra issues. Like, um, so he aspirated when he fed. So he had to be NG tube fed. Um, and that was so difficult. Because we had to be trained how to basically place a tube. Mm down your newborn mm -hmm. not natural as a mother you know like you're taking on a nurse's role and um that was really difficult um at a time when you also have an 18 month old and no childcare yeah. and yeah. no family and friends to come in and support because that, yeah. of course the village is locked away oh totally away like, um, yeah, it was myself and Niall, who's my husband. And so Daniel was in Crumlin for like for weeks and uh, Niall wasn't allowed to come in. So I stayed in every night with him. But I'd come home to like give Holly her bath, you know, and, mm -hmm. and then I'd go back in. And um, 
yeah, no, it really was uh, challenging. Like, do you know, like it, it just is a weird place to be lying on like a pull out chair with your newborn and you don't know if he's okay or not. Do you know? So, yeah, it was really hard. Um, Were you given much information at the time about what this means for his life? Yeah, like a lot of uh, consultants came into me and they were like, you know, by the time he's two, he's kind of like he presented like a pram baby. And they were like, by the time he's two, he will have kind of grown out of this. So basically, like what Daniel was born with was basically like um, his airway was covered <laughs> so um he couldn't breathe and I'm very lucky like I I had brought him home from the hospital and like he didn't cry when he was born or anything like that because he just didn't have that capacity mm-hmm. you know uh, in his airways and um I'm very lucky uh one of my best friends is a GP and uh Daniel had like severe strider which is like a really high pitched squeak basically Mm -hmm. because they're trying to breathe and I rang her and she was like get in the car go to Crumlin Mm. and um and I did and like god I was so naive like I I had about two nappies with me do you know I didn't think we were going to be in it for the long haul um and we were and yeah, I just, I I just didn't picture kind of like that being my story after having my second baby. Do you know that kind of way? Like I was so happy when he was born and I was like, everything's fine. And then it really wasn't, you know. How did you... Looking back, I'm sure there was a bit of fight or flight at the time and just the kind of the cortisol brings you through. But was there a time thereafter where you could reflect and say that that was a huge stretch and it left its mark on me? 100%. I think I was in fight or flight for about two years. Like I only feel like I'm coming out of it now. Mm-hmm. that I'm taking my shoulders down from my ears. I never believed when the consultant said to me that like, you know, by the time he's two, he's going to be better. And, you know, that kind of way. Mm-hmm. And um, and they were right. But when you have a newborn, mm-hmm. two seems a long time away, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, and especially when it's something like they stop breathing, they do you know, like, yeah. And uh, winter 2021 was very difficult. Like Daniel, between September to March, spent most of it in Crumlin Hospital. He'd require oxygen, he'd turn blue, he like total fight or flight mode for all of it (laughs) which of course means that if he was in hospital you're in hospital yeah yeah 
and you're away from your other daughter. Yeah. And the mum guilt. Oh God, the mum guilt. In. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel that there was even a time where you could return to work or like that this would find an, a natural, normal rhythm again? I returned to work six months after I had Daniel, which maybe was a bit premature. Um, because that's when he was so sick and God love my boss. <laughs> I'd be texting him every second week being like, hey, we're in Crumlin again, you know. Um, and that was uh, like January 2021. So still kind of pandemic. Mm-hmm. time um yeah I just felt like I was constantly only leaving the house to go to Crumlin like and then you got pregnant again <laughs> I know am I mad <laughs> um yeah I did with James who is turning one next week um he's a wee dote uh hyperemesis again severe so tell us about that so and 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 how was daniel at this point was daniel still in and out of out of crumlin uh no he was doing better at this point okay um but yeah so yeah very severe hyperemesis so like with hyperemesis it actually gets worse per pregnancy do you know like it ramps up Mm. um I was so sick like I was literally in hospital Monday Wednesday and Friday night I had to stay over because day ward isn't open on the weekend but I'd end up so dehydrated Mm. that I I'd have to stay over like to get fluids um which is really hard. I had two very young babies at home. Um, yeah, I was really sick for like literally from, I took the pregnancy test up until like I was in labor with um, James and I was still receiving like IV anti-sickness drips to stop the sickness. Was there a point where you felt like your body like just actually could not do it? Oh, often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such an isolating place to be. Like morning sickness is bad, right? Mm-hmm. And it's debilitating, you know, but I can't even describe what I premise it's like. Like it feels like living in a lockdown that you don't mm. like you can't do anything, you can't function, you can't parent. Do you know, like you're just so sick. And so I was on um five anti-sickness medications a day, but in total, like was 15 tablets. And I still was sick like 20 times a day. And I was like to my consultant, should I come off them? And she was like, 
No, because the difference is like you'll be sick 20 times or 50 times, you know, and yeah, like it's, it's so lonely. It's so hard to explain. And it goes against like your natural instinct as a mother, you know, like you're like, I'm not providing for my baby. Okay. You know, that kind of way. So yeah, it's really difficult, really difficult. How did you feel when you found out you were pregnant with your third baby, though? Did In that moment where, you know, after everything that you had just gone through with Daniel. Yeah. To now feel like you had it in you to. I know. Like, it's again. a bit like approaching it like a marathon. Yeah. In my head, anyway, I know I talked to other women who are in day ward and they'd like, they're like, I'd never do it again. And um, I was delighted to be pregnant with James. And in one way, because my experience with Daniel was so um, difficult, I thought that my next experience would be a bit healing. It was planned, you know, like, um, and we knew what was ahead of us. Like, I didn't go into it like. Mm. It's so brave. I really mean that because, look, there's been an awful lot of conversations here in my house about a third, hence getting a dog. And and, and I have not had your experience. Okay, I, I. I brought two babies home without experience of NICU and surgery at such a young age or hyperemesis. And even I'm like, I don't think I have it in the tank. I know. Yeah. You know, so it is, it is brave to say, and it, and, and I'm, I mean it like slightly incredible for me to, to see oh, you be like, I can do that again because I want, I want that family. Yeah. I always said to Niall, my husband, um, like, I know it's a cliche to be like, oh, you know, like it's worth it. But it actually was. I'd never look at like Holly, Daniel and James and say, God, I wish I didn't do those nine months because they were hard. But what I have is incredible. Like, you know, like they're amazing kids and they're busy, but uh, I would do it all over again. And we haven't even got to James's birth yet. As I said, I guess when I was pregnant with James, I was like, okay, I knew I'd have severe high premises and but I was like so looking forward to having the newborn stage, mm-hmm. you know, like because I didn't have that with Daniel. Yeah, it was kind of robbed from you. Yeah. Yeah. I was so looking forward to it. And um, then I I was induced with James um, because of my high premises um, and he wasn't moving so much so they were like okay we just need Mm. to induce you and I had two um 
natural births before uh, James. So um, I went in, I was like, I can't wait for this. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be a breeze. Mm. It wasn't a breeze. Um, it actually is probably the birth that shook me the most, which it's kind of unheard of on your third, mm. you know? Um, I ended up in an emergency section uh, due to uh, James was stuck and my uterus was about to rupture. And the outcome from that isn't great mm. for baby or mum. No. No, nobody wants a ruptured uterus. No, no, no. Um, so in that moment, it's an easy decision. Straight. Oh, out. my consultant was amazing. Now she's been my consultant the mm. whole time. She was amazing, and like she made the decision right on time. She was amazing. Um, but James got taken away to NICU straight away. And I I just couldn't believe it. Like, I was like, (laughs) you know, like, how do I have another baby who is sick? Like, and so he got taken to NICU And by the time, because I was recovering from the section, and by the time that I was laid down to him, he had been moved to ICU. And they were really worried about him. And I was like, how? How is this happening again? You know, like, yeah. That was really difficult. I couldn't believe it. So James, sorry to explain. James was born with um, a collapsed lung. Um, But it was so severe that it was compressing his other organs. So um, that's how he ended up in ICU. Is that something that happened to the collapse in birth? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So he was okay up until that point. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Unlike Daniel, my head. Obviously, I was like, "Is he like Daniel?" Do you know? Yeah, but it was it it was a different thing. So Daniel, Daniel was born anyway with his condition. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this was almost like an injury in in birth. In birth. Yeah. So what did that mean? What does it mean to have a newborn with a collapsed lung? It's um, very difficult. Um, I was in the room, like uh, in the maternity hospital, like on my own without a child. Um, Oh, it was awful. Like it was, it really was like, I just was like, the outcome isn't going to be good. You know, like I, I, like I'm a very positive person, but at that time, like, and you know, I was so newly postpartum. I was like, well, so I'd say your your nervous system had been frayed. Oh, frayed. 
totally yeah at this point there was there there was no more yeah I went down to uh ICU and the doctor was like you know um it's quite severe his like collapsed lung and they were like we're really worried about him and I was just like I was so worried but in fairness James turned a corner very quickly so yeah that was great um how long how, when, when did you get to take oh, him he home? was only in ICU for like five nights or something like wow so we got to bring him home yeah yeah and uh like we got to bring him home and then he got checkups and stuff like that but then James ended up with meningitis um, at about two weeks old. Can you see now why every time I've ended up <laughs> on a DM with you, it was just something. I just couldn't believe it. I know. No, neither could I. <laughs> um, but he was fine. But obviously he was a bit compromised because he had a collapsed lung. Yeah. And how and where did the meningitis come from? I don't know. I don't know. He had been in the day before to Hollis Street for like um, an x-ray to just see how his lungs were doing. And the next day we were at home and I was like, he feels really hot. Yeah. You know, like temperature. Mm-hmm. And again, I rang my absolutely lovely friend, Neve, um, who's a GP. And I was like... James has the temperature. What do I do? Because you can't give like paldonurofen to like a two-week-old. She was like, okay, rule of thumb is bring them into hospital if they've a temperature. And so I did. And then they did the lumbar puncture on him. And I was like, oh, that's precaution. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I came back. Yeah, he'd meningitis and he was on oxygen and IV antibiotics that week. Yeah. And I just could not believe that I was back in Crumlin on the same ward with a baby that looked exactly the same as Daniel. Yeah. (laughs) You know. And here you are again. Yeah. So he's two weeks old. He's already had his collapsed lung, his ICU Mm -hmm. and now meningitis and of course he has no vaccines at this point so his little body is defenseless yeah how are you not breaking down at this point (laughs) oh I think I was (laughs) um do you know what I remember bringing Daniel home and Daniel was ongoing sick yeah and I remember the consultant said to me It's very difficult to bring a sick child home because you know you're going home, but you're also caring for them. Like as I was with Daniel, with tube feeding and all that. And with James, like, okay, meningitis, like it's, it's, you know, it's hard. But at the same time, I was like, he's treated. Mm. He's got his antibiotics. He's got whatever he needs. 
and I'm bringing home like a healthy child, do you know? Um, like once he's better. Yeah. He's home. Yeah. yeah. Like when you come in with an infection to hospital or, or like a child goes in, they come home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Daniel was different because like Daniel's still under the care of Cromlin. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like he was ongoing. But isn't it very funny, I think, how if you had had James and that experience of, okay, so he's had an injury at birth. Yeah. And now he has this meningitis, which can be treated and it's not an ongoing illness. But if you had experienced that before Daniel, before the experience of... Oh, it would have been so traumatic. But our capacity just keeps growing and growing and growing. Like you were able to look at that and actually find some deep positives. Mm-hmm. 100%. I find that fascinating. I honestly, honestly do. Because, you know, even take it back further, if that had happened on your first baby. Oh, God. Oh, God. I can't even imagine. It you would, know? You know, it, it's these things, I don't know, that we expect to break us. Somehow, they. I don't mean to harp on about the name of the podcast, but it is true. It completely stretches. Yes. No, it does stretch. Capacity. Yeah, totally. Totally. Like, yeah, like. I feel like I was so naive before mm. all of this, yeah. but I wasn't. I was just living a charmed life, you know. But you should I, never, you should never live expecting that all of these, like the sequence <laughs> of these events. I know the circumstances are kind of um, rare, you know. Like all of them are quite, all the situations are quite common mm. together. Like, or not together, they're quite common, you know, like high premises. Yeah. You know. You're not meant to have them all. No. No. In, and, and, and in the space of three years, four years? Yeah, four years. Yeah. So my eldest, Holly, is five. Yeah. Yeah. But even from Daniel, I suppose, if we even to take it from, from, oh, yeah, Daniel's from Daniel to James. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And throughout this, your mum wasn't well. Yeah. Um, so in August 2020, um, just as Daniel was eventually getting out of Crumlin, um, mum was going into St. James's Hospital and she was diagnosed with uh, stage three ovarian cancer. So, yeah, now she's doing well now. Um that was that was like very difficult um because I'd lean on her a lot mm-hmm. but it was during the pandemic where you couldn't see grandparents anyway yeah you it's know? just another layer of fear yeah yeah and another layer of like and I don't mean to harp on about it but like all of my experience with like Daniel and stuff like that was in a hospital on my own, mm. like 
my husband couldn't come in when he got airway surgery. He couldn't come in and visit him when he was in ICU, do you know? And then mum was in hospital on her own and we couldn't go into her, do you know? So it was, um, yeah, it was a lot, <laughs> do you know? Okay, here's a stretch we don't talk enough about. Over 70% of pregnant women suffer from back pain during their pregnancy. And often we are not educated on how to minimise this and protect our growing bodies. Carrywell created its support belts to address this common issue by reducing the risk of muscle strain and alleviating existing discomfort or pain. These belts gently lift the weight of the pelvis, providing support to the lower back. They are discreet, warm and designed to adapt and grow with you throughout your pregnancy. With Carrywell's maternity supports, the focus is on empowering you throughout your pregnancy journey, rather than just putting up with the aches and pains of the pregnancy stretch. Carrywell's products are not just reactive, they are crafted to proactively prevent discomfort, ensuring a more comfortable and enjoyable pregnancy experience right from the beginning. Embrace support without compromise and make your pregnancy journey as comfortable as possible with Carrywell. Available to buy now on cleverclogs.ie and check out your nearest stockist. Did you feel at any point, I mean, that meningitis was only 11 months ago? Yeah. That that had yeah. happened? Mm-hmm. So that's relatively recent. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of of like Juliet had, you know, she had something quite frightening, and I think it was, I remember, yeah, Temple Street. It was two years ago. I'm still not right. She I'm not. April seizure? Did she? She had a seizure. They they couldn't um. They can't. They couldn't sign off on it because there was no temperature. So oh, yeah, so um, it led to, now she's like. By all accounts, she's fine. I have another appointment this month, but by all accounts, I think she's fine. But I, I'm like, I, I can, if, if I choose to stay awake at night, I can, I can just dip into that little, little chapter of my brain and yeah. I can, I can live there for it's a little really while. Hard. So Daniel had an absence seizure um, when he was one mm. in crash and literally, um, uh, like his teacher was like, I thought he was dead. Mm. Like, it's, do you know, you're living off your nerves. And like, I think this is the thing, like as mothers, we do live off our nerves and yet we yeah. are still expected. You know, when you say that you went back to work Good at six work. months. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's, I'm I'm in awe and this is what I mean as well like when I you know when I wanted to have you on the podcast by because I mean this it's like I would see and and not to say that you would be very like posting and sharing a lot of things you know what I mean but yet if I was to see something and be like oh they're having a nice family day out yeah and yeah then, and then I'd be like you know how are you and you'd be like Oh my God. Literally the opposite from like running around the park. 
but ha- and but it's this thing, and I and, and in your case, I don't feel I, I'm not coming at this from a like Instagram versus reality perspective because you're yeah. you know you're not you're not out there trying to be an influencer and kind of sell a particular lifestyle or anything. But I what I mean by it is we still have to play the role of family. Oh, totally. Yeah. And that's really hard. Yeah. You still you know, have like to I show found, I don't know, but I found like Christmas really hard. Yeah. Do you know, like it's just was like straight into it. Like you still have to get on yeah. with it every day. Um, and then work and juggle it all like it's a lot. When or do you or have you how do how do you care for yourself then? Because like that nervous system must be oh, in flames through the roof. <laughs> um, I have great friends and family. Um, my sister in particular is so she's the opposite to me. Um, but like she has four kids and. She's amazing, but I have great friends that I kind of bounce off, do you know, that kind of way. And I guess, like, so cliche, but I leaned into, like, sea swimming and Mm -hmm. going for runs and stuff like that. So It's not cliche, though. I think it's okay to bring it back to actually what nature has given us. Yeah. You know, like, I do think that the medicine is there. Yeah. It doesn't have to... It doesn't have to be complicated. My, no. It doesn't have to be complicated or expensive or in Nepal. Like it can just be outside your front door. Oh, totally. Like I remember one of my really good friends, like, and I never was into sea swimming, but um one of my really good friends during the pandemic was like, Hey, do you want to come join us? And I did, and it, it was so good for me. But like everything is so I'm jinxing it now, but like my three kids are amazing. They're all healthy. Mm. You know, like obviously they get their usual crash colds or whatever. Um, and if I had a crystal ball, you know, a few years ago and was told that this would be the situation, I I would have grabbed it with both hands. So mm. I'm so lucky, you know, I really am. Um, and like there's people so worse off, you know. Um, yeah, it just has been a bit of a roller coaster, mm-hmm. I guess. There was one final thing. Yeah. Um, so you weren't... The story didn't end there. No. Tell us about our most recent DMs. <laughs> um. So in was it September, I found out I was pregnant again. Um, bit of a surprise pregnancy, which I know people are like, "On your fourth, are you yeah. sure?" <laughs> Do we do you we need to have it? A, we need to get the book out. <laughs> um, Listen, so yeah. I'm just I'm just impressed that 
sex could even be happening <laughs> with, with, with that many kids and nervous system dysregulation, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah, it was, it definitely was a big surprise. Um, and then I was like, here we go again. Mm-hmm. And um, I was. On- how did your, how did your husband, can I just say, because if I, if I think if I had gone through that and was about to, you know, abandon ship for nine months by spending that amount. Like, and I'm, and I, I have a very supportive partner, but he would be like, I can't do this without you. I know. So I told him on his birthday, and he's like, how are we going to do this? And I was like, I don't know, but like, put the head down, we'll be fine. Both myself and Lyle are like from big families. So I guess we always kind of wanted big family ourselves. So although it was a surprise, we were like, okay, we'll go for it. Um, And yeah, straight away, I was in day ward, all of that. I had my first scan. Everything was fine. And then I had my second scan and there was no heartbeat. Um, and that was in November, just gone. So not that long ago. Um, yeah. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, yeah, it really did. Like, um, I guess I feel like I've spent the last few years kind of like in survival mode, like keeping my children alive, keeping me alive and all of that. And then to be like told there's no heartbeat. Um, it was like my worst fear come true. So with every, you know, especially with the two boys and that moment in labor when you needed your emergency section and everything, like risk was always kind of around the corner, but you'd beaten it every time. Yeah. And this time it was a total surprise. It's like, yeah. And I went in and um, had a DNC um, two days after the scan with my surgeon. And it, it like, God, I totally underestimated how I'd feel after mm-hmm. it, you know, like, um, even the postpartum, like mm. hormones and everything like that, like, yeah, that's when everything kind of hit me. <laughs> I can understand. I can yeah. understand why, you know, I, I'm, and I'm sure it was all just under the surface. It probably didn't yeah. need much. No. But... The loss of a child and when, as you said, all you've been doing is keeping them safe and alive for all of this time. Yeah. That's, um, and, I, and I think it's really important to talk about that. It doesn't matter that it's your fourth. It doesn't I matter know. that you've got three at home. I know. It, it doesn't matter that it was a surprise that actually. Made- I know. So a bit of me was like, oh God, it was a surprise. Like maybe it wasn't meant to be, do you know, that kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no, it doesn't matter what stage it comes at. It is such a grief, you know. Um, 
Yeah. And and it's hard because you want to take to the bed, but you can't. You have three kids, you know. Um, yeah, that's what I found hard. Life, you have to show up again and again and again for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> like, when do we get to break down in the corner? <laughs> when do we get to, like, have a bit of downtime? Yeah. Um, and even as my consultant said to me, um, the morning that I was in for the DNC, she was like, you've literally been in every corner of Hollis Street. Mm. Yeah, she was like, there's no place that you haven't mm-hmm. been in, you know, like... Yeah. So, yeah, but it was a really sad way to leave Hollis Street, you know, like. It was, but also, I don't know, physically, could I have gone through that again for nine months? Um, But yeah, it's still nice to wrap up this chapter of motherhood kind of on a high something that I've spoken to recently with a friend that it's like so much of our life is building towards this chapter and it is only a chapter but yet so much of our cultural kind of norms is around you know like from the moment you are a child yourself you know you've got your baby doll and you're 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 pretending to be mother and you're just you're imagining, you know, okay, what's going to it feel like when I find out I'm pregnant for the first time and all of these things that there's something kind of sad about the ending of that chapter. Yeah. And moving out of oh, that totally, zone. Totally. Like, I totally agree with that. You, you know, but then I'm so lucky. Mm. Like, I really am. Like, as I said, like, if someone had told me, like, here's your three kids, they're healthy, they're mad. (laughs) But, like, I couldn't have wished for more. I'm so lucky. And in one way, like, anything that I've been through, which pales in comparison to, like, other parents' experience, but like anything that I've been through has really given me perspective. Mm. Do you know, like, okay, I was on the wards with Daniel in Crumlin, but I saw a lot worse than what my situation was. Mm. So I'm actually very uh, grateful that, that I am where I am now. To realise what a privilege it is to have a healthy family, have healthy children, you know, like not everyone is given that privilege, you know, and and I feel so lucky. I really do. Um, It was a bit of a bumpy road, but... um, I wouldn't change it for the world to have the three of them and they're amazing. They're all 100% now and yeah. I suppose it's a it's a lesson for us all in that no matter what we're experiencing, 
there is there is a glimmer. Oh, there is totally is a glimmer. There is a light. There is a light. And if your bar is low, like (laughs) go for it. Do you know, like, uh, I just, I guess I kind of probably use humor a bit, like in dark times, but like stay positive, do you know? Um, And that's not easy. That's not easy. Like there's people going through way worse than I ever went through. Um, But yeah, as I say, I feel like very fortunate. It's an extraordinary, uh, you know, example of how life continues to stretch us. And just when we think that one chapter, one season is bringing a sense of calm and completion there is always something (laughs) more to give and we just don't know where it's going to come from next we don't know is it coming left or right our hypervigilance is sometimes completely wasted upon us because life has a plan um but it is important to acknowledge and to recognize that they are not easy things to experience they come with all manner of long-term chronic stress course. related yeah. injuries both psychological emotional hormonal <laughs> and physical um and it's okay to say that you're still grateful and that it was really hard yeah I think now I'm at a point where before I used to be very much like oh be grand be grand you know yeah whereas I think only now like when you asked me to do the podcast I couldn't have done it like a year, two years ago. Yeah. When I was in the thick of it. Yeah. Um, because I didn't know if it would be grand, you know. Uh, but I very much kind of like that's the way I project myself <laughs> to like everyone. I'm like, oh no, be grand. Um, but I think now, uh I am still, I still have that mentality that it will be grand, but at the same time, I have no problem admitting that it was hard. Mm-hmm. Whereas before I wouldn't have, like, I'd be like, oh no, get on with yourself, you know, mm-hmm. like, but it was hard. All of it was hard. Mm-hmm. Do you ever count up the amount of nights in hospital? <laughs> I don't think I can. I could possibly between Hollis Street and Crumlin. God. There's an exercise for you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it, I'd say substantial. I'd say huge. But the Oh my God, huge amount. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it might be worthwhile so that you can, you can, with, with evidence based, you know, say, I li- like that was hard because you I know. know and you don't have to always minimize it and deflect and use comedy to kind of be like oh it'd be grand I know I know you know so me though <laughs> like it no right. it was also this this is the truth yeah. this is the amount of yeah. nights that I spent in hospital either for my trying to keep my own child alive while I was pregnant with them or thereafter keep them alive yeah when they were, when born. They were born yeah you know and that's a really stressful place to be I was so Absolutely honoured to be asked by you to come on your podcast because 
as I say, I do minimize it, but mm-hmm. like it's a lot. I'm thankful to say that like we've come out the other end, but it was hard. And there's no point in pretending that it wasn't, you know. And like, yeah, there is worse that could happen, but you know. <laughs> it did still happen. It did it, did, yeah. it happened to you and to your family. Yeah. Um, and you got through it. And yeah. It's it re- I I'm in awe. I have no idea how you got through all that in such quick succession. Like just boom, 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 one like one thing after the other, like that. Um and I think it's important to acknowledge the impact that hyperemesis has, not just on the individual, but on the wider family. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Absolutely. And that's one thing, if I can get across today, that like, you know, high premises is, it's so debilitating. Um, but also for the partner and maybe if you don't have other kids at home or whatever, but if you do, it's such an undertaking. Mm. It really is like, yeah, no, it's, it's so difficult and isolating. Even with all of that medication. Yeah. And all that help and assistance. Mm. But like, yeah, no, it's um, it's a really difficult journey. Thank you for sharing it with us. Mm, thank you. Um, Thanks so much. It was lovely to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you. And I do mean this. I think that you, you know, you're an absolute star for everything that you've gone through, but you don't have to put your brave face on all the time. I know. Um, and, you know, November wasn't that long ago. So, yeah, continue to support yourself as best you can. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode with Maria Ford. I really believe in sharing unique experiences, regardless of whether the guest is well known. We all have a story. And so I hope with your support, shares, listens and reviews, I can continue to do more like this. Reach out to me at StretchMarksPod and with this week's guest at Maria D. Ford on Instagram. Talk to you again next week. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 